Happy New Year to everybody. Great to see you here. It seems like it's been forever since I've been here. I missed a weekend uh, down visiting family in Georgia, and Georgia has not gotten any closer, in case you've wondered. It just is still as far away as it started. Um, But we had a good road trip, got to see family. It was a great holiday season, Christmas, New Year, all that stuff. So uh, now we get back into the rhythm of what will be a new year for all of us. And, you know, it's the time of New Year's resolutions when when you can't find a parking place at the gym, just give it a few months and you'll have plenty of places to park right up near the front, right? We do this, right? Every year we start off with a big bang and big plans. And so uh, it's just kind of built into the fabric of society and kind of who we are and what we do. We wind down a year, we kind of reflect on the previous year and we, we amp up for a new one. So we're right in the throes of amping up for a new one. And so one of the things we've done around here for the past few years is we, we dedicate 21 days in the month of January for a lot of fun stuff like not eating and praying a lot, right? <laughs> so it's our month of prayer and fasting, 21 days. And, and, you know, nobody likes to go without food. I mean, nobody enjoys that at all. Nobody likes to sacrifice things that they enjoy doing. Nobody likes to put things away or say no. We just don't like to do that, right? We like it easy. We like the lazy boy. We like lots of food and lots of snacks. And, you know, that's just how we are. We like it easy. But there's one thing about about the, the Christian life, and if in case this might be a myth buster for you moment, um, it's not always easy living for Christ and being a Christian. Now, we're very fortunate because we live in a society that it is, it is, not, it is not bad to be a Christian these days. You can, you know, we kind of keep it separated from the workplace. You're not supposed to talk about God and politics in the workplace, but you know, I found it it's more, if, if someone finds out you're a Christian, they usually don't say anything negative to you. It's, it's okay, right? So we live in a society where we're very fortunate. There are people in the world today that are still persecuted for believing in Christ. So with that in mind, sometimes we kind of forget that being a true Christ follower sometimes is work. Sometimes you just have to roll up your sleeves and you just have to get down and dirty and just say, you know what, I'm just going to fight through this. And sometimes... Our walk with God is a fight. It is a battle. It is a struggle. It is not all, you know, tulips and daisies and everything perfect. It's not all peaches and cream. Sometimes it's just tough, right? Is life tough? Man, uh, maybe it's just me. <laughs> sometimes life is tough. Sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes, sometimes God does things that we don't understand. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever prayed for something and the answer comes and like, that's not what I had in mind, uh, right? Maybe you just... God, if I have a great idea, just follow my lead and, and just make the magic happen and we'll be fine. You know, but that's not how it works because God knows things. The Bible says that his ways are as far above our ways as the heavens are from the earth. So in other words, about the time we think we got him figured out, we don't. <laughs> and so in all of his wisdom, sometimes his answers do not come in the form that we would like them to. Sometimes we pray for things and he it doesn't seem like he answers. There's a, there's a saying that says the heavens are brass, right? You may have heard that before. It basically means that it feels like you're praying and they're just bouncing off the wall, right? They're not getting anywhere. Those prayers aren't being heard. But what I want to talk to you about today is kind of the launching for our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I want you to understand one thing when you leave here today. One thing. I'm going to make this short and sweet, right? Real easy. This is the message in a nutshell. God hears your prayer the first time you pray it. So if you're taking notes or you're going to check out on me, you've got the nugget, right? That's the nugget. Take that home, write it on your mirror, stick a sticky note on your dashboard. 
God hears your prayer the first time you pray it. It doesn't always translate that way. It doesn't always look like that. I mean, if you study Scripture, you find out that they prayed for a Messiah, they prophesied about a Messiah, and like a thousand years pass. Now, that's not speedy prayer answering in my book, right? <laughs> I would like to live to see the answer to my prayer. So God doesn't always do things in our timeline, but you have to know this. God always hears your prayers the first time. You know, there's a lot that's said about prayer. There's a lot to be talked about about prayer. I did a quick Amazon search for prayer, and there's 116,000 books on prayer. So where do I start, right? We overcomplicate things trying to figure out God. The real deal is just kind of Nike's approach to prayer. Just do it, right? That's really it. It doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter where you do it. The idea is talk to your creator. That's the bottom line about prayer. We don't need to make it over-sensationalized. We don't need to make it overly complicated. If you can talk to a human, you can talk to your creator, right? You can just create this environment, this, this posture, this attitude of prayer. There's a passage in the scripture that says pray without ceasing. Well, that would be awkward if we could only pray on our knees, wouldn't it? <laughs> Clearly, there's more to this conversation that we have with God than the formalities that we've created around it. And so, in understanding all of this... The idea behind what we're going to be doing for the next 21 days, and I hope that the 21 days rolls into 36 days and 400 days and the rest of your life, right? Because it's a, it's an, a posture, an attitude that connects us with our Creator when we understand the power of, of prayer and the understand the significance of what it looks like. So in, in helping kind of shape this, um, I want to kind of step into a story. How many of you know who Daniel is in the Bible? Old Testament character Daniel. You might have heard of Daniel in the lion's den. This is the Daniel. He's a guy that was, uh, was a well-known person in the kingdom of Israel when Israel was overtaken by Babylon and much of the, the possessions of Israel, the, the, the key people of Israel, many of the people were taken into captivity to become slaves. But Daniel was not a slave in the normal sense. Daniel, because he was an educated man, a very sharp young man, he was brought into the king's court to serve the Babylonian king because he was educated and was a well-respected person. So Daniel's slavery was not making bricks. Daniel's slavery was serving the king in a different kind of capacity. So Daniel was not... Um, Daniel was a, a, a cut above. He was a different kind of guy. And so we're going to step into a scenario here in Daniel's life when they were in the middle of captivity. Daniel was worried and concerned about the future of the children of Israel. They were, they were prisoners. They were slaves. It didn't look like they had an exit strategy. It looks like this was going to be the rest of Israel's history was going to be slavery to Babylon. And so Daniel began to, he was, he was convinced convicted and and he was heavy-hearted about the condition of his people and his nationality and so he began to study the scriptures and begin to pray so that he could get an understanding of what God's plan was because the future did not look good and so he began to seek God and so in Daniel chapter 9 verse number 3 this is the entrance of the story Daniel says I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition in fasting in sackcloth and ashes now Next year, we're going to do 21 days of prayer, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Just kidding. In those days, it was whenever you were fasting, you wanted the world to know you were fasting, right? You put on a drabby garment, you put ash in your head, and you just moped around, right? Everybody knew, stay away from him. He's going to be hangry because he's fasting. (laughs) 
<laughs> we have marriage counseling immediately following the 21 days of prayer and fasting because my wife can't live with me for 21 days. <laughs> so the deal is this, right? It was a big commitment on Daniel's part. It was a serious event. We have changed those things a bit, and we don't do it quite that way, but the, the principle and the message behind what Daniel was doing still applies very, very much today. It's still very important today. And so um, as Daniel is in this posture of prayer and petition and fasting, he's seeking God. He's like, God, you've got to give me an answer because our people do not have a future. It looks like we're just going to be slaves the rest of our life. And I know that you made a promise to our forefathers that we were going to be a great nation. And so you've got to give us direction and understanding. And so as this happened, Daniel experienced an encounter from God. He experienced the presence of an angel coming to him. A messenger from God came to Daniel to give him information. And so as this story is unfolding, we're stepping into this conversation that this messenger is having with Daniel. And so in Daniel chapter 10, verse number 12, uh, the, the angel, the messenger is saying to Daniel, do not be afraid, Daniel. And here's why I told you that at the very beginning. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, right? From the first day that Daniel said his first prayer in petition to God for an answer, God said, I'm hearing you, Daniel. That's the message today, okay? If you don't hear anything else, that's what I want you to stick in your brain, tattoo it on your hand or something, <laughs> Remember, when you pray, the reason why I'm telling you this is because the reason why we stop praying is because we don't really believe he hears us. Well, no one's going to admit to that, but actions speak louder. Than, I'm talking, uh, actions speak louder than words, right? This is my thinking. I, don't, I know God hears my prayers, but whenever I'm faced with a problem, I don't always go to prayer first, do I? I don't. Maybe you do. I don't. I end up thinking about prayer later. I should, probably should have prayed about that. Probably shouldn't say that since I'm like one of the pastors here. <laughs> but that tells me that Andrew still does not fully understand this promise. From the first time you prayed it, Daniel, I heard you. So if we can have a paradigm shift, if we can have a change in the way we approach God when it comes to prayer, maybe if we really understood and believed that if I pray it, the moment I speak it, he hears it. Maybe it would change our level of faith. Maybe it would change the way we respond. Maybe it would give some impetus to our prayer because we know that he does actually hear us. And so the messenger tells Daniel this, like, I want you to know the first time you started praying, he heard. And there's a couple of things out of that verse I want you to grasp. First of all, he said, the first day you set your mind to gain understanding. Daniel was not, uh, he, he was not unstable in his decision about this, right? He had a mindset. He had a set mind. He wasn't distracted. Things weren't pulling his focus in a different direction. He was committed. He had a made-up mind that said, I need an answer from heaven. And so I'm going to do this until I get the answer from heaven. So he was committed to the prayer. He was dedicated to the prayer. He was focused and his faith was strong. He had a set mind on what he was looking for. And here's the thing he was looking for. He wasn't looking for a solution to all his problems. He wasn't looking for everything to be perfect. He was simply looking for understanding. How many times do we face decisions in our life and we just look at it from our perspective alone? 
Sometimes we ask God to just fix it so we don't have to worry about it. When's the last time you prayed, God, I pray that you give me wisdom to know how to conduct myself in my life? When was the last time we prayed, God, give me understanding against this situation that I don't really understand how to navigate? I've got a family dynamic that I don't know how to work out. Will you give me understanding? Don't just erase my problems so I don't have any. Give me understanding and wisdom to know how to deal with life as it comes to me. Because the Bible tells us that good things and bad things happen to good people. Good things and bad things happen to bad people. So it's not God make my life perfect. It's God give me wisdom and understanding to live a life that is in your image the way you wanted it to be. So he's praying for understanding. Have you ever had a conversation with, some, with one of those kind of people that... You know, they're talking, then it's your turn to talk, and the whole time you're talking, they're thinking about what they're going to say next, so they didn't hear anything you said. You ever had one of those conversations? It's really just a one-sided conversation. You happen to be a set of ears that are present, right? Forget the mouth, right? The guy, you can just see it in his face. He's, he's like work, already working on his next answer, and you haven't even seen the guy hasn't said my piece yet. So many times our prayer is that. We're the guy that God's like, I, 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 but if you, we're busy talking. We're busy telling him what he's supposed to do. We're busy telling him how he's supposed to do it. We have it figured out, right? And prayer is just the action to tell God what we think he should do. It's not quite how this is supposed to work. (laughs) Daniel's approach to God was not, God, get us out of bondage. We're supposed to be great people, and we're not great people, and you've got to fix this, and I have a great exit strategy. No, it was, God, I need understanding because you have a plan. I don't know what that plan is. And so that mindset of understanding, that mindset of seeking understanding was the thing that God was going to impart to Daniel. He was not asking for his woes to be diminished and his problems to go away. And I'm not saying you can't ask for those things. What I'm saying is when you're facing life, ask the creator of life how to live it. Ask for wisdom and understanding on how to face the challenges you're facing. Don't use your lack of faith and our failures to justify why we don't do anything. God knows we're imperfect. We don't have to remind Him how bad we are, (laughs) right? We don't have to remind Him how many mistakes we make. What we do is we fall into His grace. We trust that He is our Redeemer, and we say, you know what, God? I'm going to mess up probably before I get to my car today, but if you'll just give me wisdom and understanding and help me overcome, then I'll just keep walking. And that is the essence of what Daniel's prayer was about. The second part was his humility. His approach to God was not one of, I got to tell you how to fix this. He didn't have his grocery shopping list of things that needed to be done. Instead, he's like, I need understanding, and I'm approaching you with a heart of humility. In First Chronicles, there's a scripture that says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face, Turn from wicked ways. Turn from things that are counter to God, contrary to God. I will hear their prayers. I will hear and I will answer. And I'll bring healing and I'll, I'll bring the things that they're looking for. If you have a posture of humility. Now let me just take a second right here. And, and debunk another misconception. Humility is not the dragging your chin on the ground... I'm worthless, I'm useless, I don't matter to anybody, well, poor me. That is not humility. That is false sense of humility. Humility is a posture in your heart. 
Humility is an action that you, you can be the wealthiest person in the room, the smartest guy in the room, and be the most humble person in the room. Right? You can have a lot of self-confidence and be the most humble person in the room. Right? It's about an attitude. It's about a posture. The reason why Daniel had a posture of humility was because of what he was seeking after. And so when we have a posture of humility, it's not about how terrible or how lowly I am. It's about, you know what, God? I have a teachable spirit. I have a heart that needs guiding. I have a mind that needs instruction. And so I'm coming to you. I know a lot of things. I have a lot of things. I do a lot of things. But you know what? That doesn't matter right now. What matters is I need you to impart into me your wisdom and understanding. That's a heart of humility. Having a teachable spirit. One that's willing to learn and not always be right. Right? Right? And it puts us in the position when God answers a prayer that if we don't know why he's answering it the way he's answering it, we usually don't get so offended with him. But if we don't have a heart of humility, when God doesn't answer the way we think he should answer, we get offended at God. We get irritated at God. I've been in ministry for 25 years, and I've talked to a lot of different people. And I've met so many people that are angry at God. They're offended at God. They've walked away from God. They've walked away from salvation. They've walked away from a relationship with God because they're mad at Him. Just People get mad at God just like they do at other people. Because He didn't do something. Or I prayed and He didn't fix it. Or I asked for Him to heal and He didn't heal. And I asked for this and He just ignored me. Or whatever the case may be. Listen. When you pray... He hears you the first time. What the Bible does not say is how it's going to be answered every time. It does tell us that we, don't, we can't wrap our mind around God's wisdom. It's trust. I was talking to Pastor Scott actually this morning. And we were just kicking around some conversation. And, and he's like, you know... He was like, I just read that someone won, what was it, what was the Powerball, 590 million or something crazy. Somebody won it, one person won it. What? One ticket, one person, so a a cash payout's going to be $280 million. Didn't have it yesterday, have it tomorrow. Come on, somebody. Now, that's the kind of, that's, never mind. (laughs) We're going to stop right now, everybody's going to hold hands, we're going to pray. We're going to ask for numbers. (laughs) And we were talking about this, right? And, and Pastor Scott was saying, you know what? If all of a sudden, like tomorrow, I was a millionaire 289 times over, he's like, imagine if I could just go up to someone in the church that I know is having some financial problems and just say, listen, absolved. All your debt's gone. Everything's done. Finished. One check, done. What kind of impact would it have on that person's life? This is the snapshot of how we don't know what God sees. Right, That could potentially be either a life-changing moment and those people are set up for the rest of their life and their life is forever changed and they never make a bad financial decision the rest of their life. Or it could set them up for complete failure. My wife actually went to school with a very large lottery winner family and they were a good family, working family, and they won the lottery and their world just blew apart. Just completely disintegrated. And you're like, well, that would never happen to me. Right? And I like to think it would never happen to me. There is a scripture that teaches 
that the tongue cannot be tamed. Right? This is the most unruly member of the body. Read it in the book of James. The tongue is the most unruly member of the body. And there's another teaching in Scripture, and it says the heart is desperately wicked who can know it. Now, why am I saying those things? I'm saying those things to say this. You and I have a lot of blind spots. We're the kings of self-deception. <laughs> we are always convinced that we know exactly what we're doing. <laughs> Even if we're running into a wall 100 miles an hour, we know what we're doing. Right? So whenever we pray for things and the answer doesn't come in the way that we have envisioned, this is the point where humility begins to, to show itself. When I can accept the answer to my prayer in the way that God gives it, then I know I have a humble heart. Because there's been times I've prayed for people to be healed of a sickness, and those people have died of that sickness. And I think, why didn't God heal them? I asked. I did exactly what I was supposed to do, and I asked the right way. I even said, please. But I don't know the future. You don't know the future. But our Creator knows the end from the beginning. And so when there are things that we are praying for, it's not that He's not hearing. It's not that He's not listening. It's that He knows what is best for you. And you can sit there thinking, that dude up on the stage right now has the canned answer for unanswered prayers. (laughs) You might be thinking that. And there's no other way to slice it and dice it but that is exactly how it works. There have been times I've... There, there was one time in my life I had a major decision. And honest to goodness, I didn't even have time to pray about this specific thing. I was walking to the mailbox to check the mail for my parents. I got a letter in the mail that totally laid out exactly the situation and the solution to the situation before I even really articulated out of my mouth. Now, that's, that's the kind of prayers I'm all about, those kind, right? It's like popcorn microwave button, like the Jesus button. Boom, answer. Boom, answer. And you know what? It happens sometimes. But there are times, I know people that have prayed for years for a, a, an unchurched loved one to just be saved. And they've passed and never seen the salvation of that person. So... We are the ones that get the timelines all out of whack. We're the ones that get the expectation turned upside down. All we have to do is just simply do it. Just simply pray. When you're facing a situation you don't understand, just pray about it. Just say, God, I don't understand this. Help me understand it. I mean, you don't have to wait until Sunday. You don't have to wait until 9 o'clock on Sunday morning when we have our prayer service. You don't, you don't have to wait until you have the right pair of shoes on or you can kneel down or you can... You don't have to do any of that. You just simply have to let the words out. <laughs> you just simply have to do it. And don't put it as the secondary option. Make it the primary option. If anything can happen in these 21 days of prayer and fasting, I hope that our mindset towards prayer can change. So, and look, I should... Speak and then run down there and sit and listen, right? Because this is in my wheelhouse. This is where I struggle. This is where I battle. I do not go to God first. It is my weakness. And I know it. And so my 21 days is going to be changing that dynamic. You'd think 25 years in ministry, I'd get it figured out. Well, we're going to start January 2018. 
It's a struggle. <clears throat> in Daniel chapter 10, and this, this is where it really gets kind of cool, and it really gets kind of bizarre, and this is part of the answer to Daniel's prayer, and this is a piece that you need to understand. So we've been talking about our attitude to prayer is just pray. He hears us the first time. Our attitude of humility and our desire to just see what God is going to do in our life. And here's the other piece that we have no control over whatsoever. None. And that is the spiritual dynamic that happens in the world that we cannot see with our eyes. Right? There is a spiritual world. And we don't see how it all works. But I'm going to show you a snapshot. And, and, and it's going to sound like it came right out of the, the script of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Daniel chapter 10. This messenger, this angel, <coughs> is, is talking to Daniel. He says, listen, he heard you the first time. He got the information. Here's the deal. The prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, Michael's an archangel. You can find his name mentioned in scripture a couple times. One of the chief princes came to help me because I was detained there by the king of Persia. Dude, this is like the na-na-na-na stuff. There's stuff in scripture that says there is a spiritual battle that takes place. Ephesians chapter 12, I'll read it to you. Here's an example. For we struggle not against flesh and blood, things we see and things we touch, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is a spiritual thing that is happening behind the scenes that you and I don't see with our eyes, and we don't understand with our mind, but it's real. And so when we kneel down to pray or we walk across the, 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 the room and we're praying or we're driving down the road, and we're, whenever we pray and we utter those words to God, I need your help, I need direction, I need guidance, I need you, Lord, to give me wisdom and understanding, those words make it to him. And he immediately hears those things and he immediately begins the work. And we don't understand the dynamics of what's happening. Daniel prayed and he fasted for 21 days and all the while the answer was on his way. But there was a war in the heavens and it was restricting that message getting to Daniel this is stuff that we don't understand but just because we don't understand it doesn't make it any, any less real does it <coughs> we're limited in our understanding we're limited in our knowledge and that's where our faith and our trust in God comes in the point is this you may be praying for healing don't stop you may have been praying for healing for six months don't stop there's no certain timeline. There's no certain, not, nothing that we understand. There may be something going on that is way beyond what you can understand or imagine. But just keep praying because we're not asked to understand, are we? We're just asked to pray. He just says, talk to me about it. Just let the words out. I'll hear you. I'll take care of the stuff you can't control. But don't stop asking. Don't stop talking. Excuse me. There. You may still have a dead-end job. You may have asked a couple times for God to fix it, and you may just have accepted it. Stop accepting it. Keep praying. Marriage is one of the greatest things in this world and one of the hardest things in this world. And if you think you can do it by yourself, well, good luck with that. And marriages are a key component to solid families. And solid families are a key component to solid communities. And if we're going to touch our community, God's going to use families. He's going to use units. He's going to use people. 
And so when our marriages are broken, our lives are broken, our children are broken, there is a breakdown from the start to the end, and God can't do what God would like to do. So marriages are important. Family units are important. Thank you very much. These things are very critical. And so if you're having problems in your marriage, pray about that. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Pray about it. Keep praying and keep working on you. Keep letting God work on you so that you can be the right husband and the right wife that you need to be for that family unit. Keep praying about those things because those things matter. You may have fallen to your addiction this week. It doesn't matter. Start over again. Keep asking God for help. Keep asking God for understanding and keep fighting the good fight. Paul, an apostle, said, I have fought a good fight. That means he didn't just go in there and win. He fought from the day he started to the day he ended his life. This thing, Christianity, is not, I said at the beginning, it's not all peaches and cream. Sometimes it's just fighting for what is right. And we don't pray about it, and so therefore we're left to do it on our own. So keep fighting the fight. Keep praying the prayer, because what? God heard you when? Thank you. Thank you. Wrapping it up, worship team, you guys can come. Daniel received his answer, his answer in Daniel 10, verse 14. Now I have come to explain. The messenger came to explain what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. So he started off with a concern for his people. He went through all that praying and fasting to get the answer. He received the answer. God said, I heard you the first time, and I'm about to give you the understanding that you are asking for. Because you had the right posture, because you had the right attitude, because you were diligent, because you just kept praying, I've got an answer for you. We can't control things beyond our control. We can't control when the answer doesn't come in the fashion we think it should. We can't control if there's a spiritual battle that's taking place that we have no idea is taking place. But what we can control is our present action, right? We can control our present action. We can control the times that we say, you know what, God, I've been praying this prayer for a long time, but I'm going to pray it again today. I've been asking for this a long time, but I'm going to ask again today. Pray when you have a need. Pray when the answer doesn't come immediately or a long time or a longer time. Pray because it's the right thing to do. Pray because if he heard me the first time, that means there's something going on that I'm not aware of, but he's fighting for me. You've got to know this. Your confidence cannot be in yourself. Your confidence is in the creator of all things. And he's given us, there's a beautiful passage in Hebrews, I believe it is. And it says it this way. It says that we can boldly approach the throne. Whenever we need help, whenever we have issues. You know what it means when it says boldly approach? What that means is we don't have to beg for entrance. It would be if your dad was the king, right? Everybody else had to ask permission to come through the door. But you're his son. You just walk through the door. In fact, you can walk through the back door. Are you tracking me? Right? You following? That's who we are. We're children of God. And we put all of these things in place that keep us from accessing 
the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who is our Father, who is interested and concerned about where we are and what we're struggling with today. Keep praying because the answer is coming. Keep praying because when the answer comes, it'll change your life. It'll change. Anybody here? Come on, be bold. Have you have have you had any unanswered prayers? Right? Yeah, we all have. And the reason why we call them unanswered prayers, watch this. The reason why we call them unanswered prayers is because when we asked it, we had a solution in mind. And that solution didn't happen. You with me? Right? But I asked for the blue one. <laughs> this one's green. <laughs> right? But somewhere in those prayers, I've prayed, God, I want to follow your, your path. God, I want you to lead my life. Somewhere in those prayers, all the prayers I've prayed, I've said, God, you lead me. You guide me. And so today I pray a prayer, God, I need this to happen this way. And that doesn't happen that way. Because I prayed before for God to lead my life. So if, if I'm stepping and he's leading, then it may not unpack exactly how I think it should. But guess what? He's the one that's guiding the pathway. I hope this helps you today. It helps me to remember. It helps me to understand and remember just what God is doing. So stand with me today. Last year we spent a whole sermon on fasting and kind of how it works and and in the past we've sent out fasting guides and we've sent out prayer guides and we're going to do that again so check your email you'll get some information that'll help you and and I want to just say one quick thing about fasting the very basic sense of fasting is saying no to a plate of food that's the very basic nuts and bolts of fasting just completely abstaining from food there's so many variations of that the principle in the heart of the matter is this. You need to deny you something that you can't seem to live without. The purpose of fasting is not to convince God by making ourselves suffer that he loves us more. That's not what fasting is about. What fasting is about is teaching this person, this fleshly human, that a little self-denial is healthy. And because I'm saying no to my basic desires, my basic functions, my basic needs, I'm saying to God, what I want is less important than knowing you. So when you're praying about this and you're like, God, I can't go for 21 days without putting a speck of food in my mouth. If you're thinking that, then I want you to pray about this. And I want you to say, God, walk, walk with me through this. I'll, I'll say no to some meals but help me to identify something that's truly denying me of my desire, right? Because the purpose of this 21 days is to help us as a community of believers, us as individuals, but us as a community of believers to get in a right posture that will set God up for an amazing 2018 for this church community. I'm telling you, this year has the potential of blowing this community out of the water. Well, one person believes that. <laughs> if there's things you've been praying about, if there's 
unchurched people that you've been asking, you've been calling their name out. I mean, we're in a couple of projects right now. We're renoing a house. We're doing some revamping on the stage. We're trying to figure out. We put more chairs out because the last half of the last half of 2017 saw us not having enough space. How many of y'all want to see two or three services on a Sunday here, full of two or three different groups of people? Pastor Scott just ripped underneath of his shirt, raising his hand so high. <laughs> right? Let's, let's, for 21 days, let's say, God, take the chains off my mind so I can see. Give me understanding. What's your plan? I got a bunch of great ideas, but God, what's your idea? What's your plan? What's your purpose for my life? And let me tell you, every, every working person in this room, everybody's got a job. Raise your hand. <laughs> We all got jobs, we work, and most of the time we go there like, ah, I don't want to be here today. Let me tell you something. You're an ambassador for God in that spot. And, and God will give you favor where you are. And so when you're praying about your job, don't pray, God, do I have to go to work? <laughs> Make your prayer a little different. God, while I'm going to work, help me to, be, help me to know what it is that I'm doing there that matters to your kingdom. There are people that you're going to connect with. There are people that work for you, that are looking at you. There are people that you're leading, your conversation, your actions. Man, if we, if God gets a hold of our understanding for the next 21 days where we're focusing, think of what God can do with us in our community. Think about how the gospel can spread. Think about the salvations. Think about how it will be great to have to share one chair with two people. Our God can do the impossible. Nobody wants that idea. Our God can do the impossible. But we've got to be able to let our faith go when we pray and we ask God. God, give us understanding. Give us understanding. Worship team is going to come up here and they're going to they're going to start singing. Prayer team, if you guys could come up here. Before you leave, when you're walking out the door, they're going to give you a slip of paper. On this slip of paper, it breaks down 21 days of focused prayer things that we're all going to be praying about on day on day number 10 we're going to be praying about small groups in our community we're going to be praying for the leaders of those small groups for the members of those small groups on day uh, on day 16 we're going to be praying for families and marriages i mean all of us in this whole room all of where we're going that day on day 16 we're all going to be praying about families and marriages it's going to be amazing right because we're going to be focused we're going to be asking god and god's going to do i'm telling you guys this year is going to blow your mind 